Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Youth Ministries podcast. It's an absolute privilege to welcome you to the episode today, and uh, we're so glad that you've taken the time to join us. Today, we are going to be talking about a very interesting subject. I know at least it is to me, and I trust it will be to you as well. All the youth pastors and youth leaders out there that you on a regular basis are tasked with bringing a message to the students of your particular youth group. Message prep can be a challenge for all of us, but today we're going to be hearing from our friend, Brother Brad DeLong, on the subject of message hacks and prep tips and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be great. Really looking forward to uh, hearing Brother DeLong's insight. So a little bit about our guest today, uh, Brother Brad. He is husband to Mariah and dad to Mila, my friend. Is that... Mila. Mila. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're fine. I want to make sure that I get this right. Uh, Dad to Mila uh, and Wes, who is still on the way. He is Mm -hmm. youth pastor at Apostolic Pentecostal Church there in St. Louis for the past seven years. So long tenure, certainly qualified to speak to us on youth ministry today. He is the Missouri Youth Secretary and also a model train enthusiast and arbiter of various ethnic hot sauces. He says he really likes spicy food, and we are so glad to uh, have him on the podcast today. Why don't you greet our listeners today, Brad? How's everyone doing? Love you all out there, and uh, thankful to be here today. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, uh, I have already prefaced, uh, spoken uh, ahead of time with, with Brad. He is going to share with us again on the subject, message prep hacks and tips. Uh, Brad, why don't you go ahead, take it away. Thank you so much, Brother Matt Woodward. And I do want to thank the the YM team for letting me be here and talk about this subject. Uh, I'm passionate about this. And I think really anyone called to to preach would be passionate about it themselves. I, I will give the caveat. I am still very much developing in this area. And I have not come close to mastering the the bear that is preaching, but I do try to be a student of it and try to grow at it as as much as possible. I believe the standard is still around ten thousand hours to be considered a master at a craft, so uh, I'm a long way off, uh, but still trying to grow as a preacher and a, a communicator uh, of the gospel. But if there's any area of ministry I think that's that's worth our time spent in development and training, this is one of those key areas. So thank you for, for allowing me to add my two cents as well as I uh, do want to thank any youth leaders and youth pastors for taking the time to listen and to grow uh, in this area together. I know that the topic and the title at hand is is preaching tips and hacks, and that, that lends itself to uh, a little more practical steps and tips we can utilize. I will get to some of those in just a, a moment, but I do want to start very briefly with um, the spiritual aspect of, of preaching. This is where it always starts for me and for anyone called to preach. It starts in a prayer room. It, it starts in the Word of God, and that's something that goes without saying, I know, um, but it's helpful to say it and reiterate it anyway, especially uh, in in these youth circles. Preaching and our development in preaching starts with spiritual discipline, starts with our walk with God. Otherwise, I think it's the cart before the horse. We can hit all the practical notes and still miss out on the power and the foundation of it, which includes the Word of God. Starts there. And I I give uh, homage today to Brother Jonathan McClintock, who taught us in our preaching classes at Urshan College. And he stressed this tip or hack um, he always stressed to us our preaching, our sermons, our messages, they should have their foundation in the Bible first 
instead of us getting a clever title and seed thought and then trying to make the Bible fit around that title or seed thought. I know what happens and we'll get a, a topic or a thought that we want to preach and then we'll study it out and we'll make sure that it rings true. Uh, but what he's driving home was we have to let the Bible dictate what we're preaching rather than us develop a, a clever title and then try to bend scriptures around what we what we want to preach. So he just said the words where we start and we want to make sure that uh, uh, to make scripture or we don't want to make scripture match our thought rather than in our thought matching up and lining up uh, with with scripture, so it starts with the word, and obviously with with prayer. Uh, we were in a world religions class in college, and we went to by a uh, a nearby Catholic parish when we were meeting with the priest there. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, he was explaining how his homily or how his weekly sermon went each service. I remember one of my classmates asked him. They said, "How do you prepare your sermons?" And we were all in preaching classes, so we wanted to see how he prepared these homilies. They seem pretty scripted. If any of you have been in a, a Catholic Mass, you, you know what I'm talking about. He surprised us, though. He said, well, I, I pray. And then he said, in fact, for every one minute I preach, every one minute I try to pray 45 minutes. And all of us young preachers immediately were convicted. We were like, no way i mean by that standard we probably should have been preaching about 30 seconds you know so what i found out was prayer is just foundational to preaching whether it's a sunday morning lesson or a wednesday night zoom call five students or 60 students your sermon or lesson has to be saturated in prayer i'm telling everyone what they already know here uh, i know it's basic but it's the greatest hack or tip I could give you, especially in 2020 with the, a sharp rise in mental illnesses and the current climate. We just need all the help that we can get. So having God's help and, and uh, being staying grounded in the Word will do that. So that spiritual aspect of preaching is, is paramount, and that's why I started there today. And then, of course, is the practical side. That's probably what most of the listeners are here for today. Uh, and I uh, I led with the spiritual to make sure everyone sticks around for the practical. If you're thinking like me, you're probably like, all right, let's get to the the, the uh, bare bones of this thing. So I do want to touch on a couple practical hip, uh, hints and, and tips, rather, and ones that I'm a little more informed about and that have helped me. And I'll do this in kind of a chronological style or approach, and I might chase a couple rabbits along the way. We're talking about preaching. That's kind of something that we do is chase rabbits sometimes. So... When I've worked with young men and women uh, that feel a call to preach, they typically want to know, first of all, how to form their notes, how to develop their thoughts. It always seems to start there. And I know we may have some more seasoned preachers and youth leaders listening as well. Hope I don't get too basic for them. Hopefully there's some things that uh, that I may be able to bring to the table for them. But in developing, I, I usually start with a scripture, a biblical principle, or a seed thought that's that's reinforced by scripture. And you notice it all revolves around scripture. I try not to be the other way around. I'll get those those seed thoughts usually from a couple different sources. The Bible, uh, prayer, maybe another sermon from, from someone else. Um, I don't steal their material. I just, uh, a thought typically will come to me. Um, a book, uh, a life experience, maybe a pizza dream, uh, something out there. Uh, a lot of times, uh, you may be able to relate to this, 
with Matt Woodward, but I get I get some seed thoughts from spending time with my daughter, which has taught me a lot about being a parent and uh, a lot about God and how he relates to it. So I'll get a thought that will drop into my mind or my spirit, and I may never end up preaching it, but from there I start to build my notes in a general outline. And as far as developing the seed thought goes, I usually use the Pages app on my, my iPhone, iPad, and my MacBook in order to store those thoughts and sermons. I've got a folder with sermon files that I haven't preached yet, and I'll write in a temporary title, I'll place a text under it, and then I'll add to it as I go. And many times I'll read something or I'll come across a verse or a passage that correlates with that thought, and I'll add it under that file uh, on my phone, and and it syncs to my iPad and my MacBook. By the time I go to, to, to develop that sermon, when I go to preach it, I usually have a couple pages of thoughts notes, stories, and, and scriptures underneath it, illustrations, um, and that saves me a ton of time. In fact, I've got one I'm working on now. I think the title's just going to be No Masks Required, kind of a play on 2020. And uh, the premise is, obviously, we don't have to wear masks in the presence of God, around the people of God. I've written probably about two pages of notes on it, thoughts, and scriptures <clears throat> under it so far. So when I'm ready to preach it or feel like it's time I'll pull that file out and I'll start to flush it out. It's already stored on all my devices for for when I'm ready to preach it. I have tried the the journaling thing. Uh, I see guys and and ladies with the coolest leather journals and they got pins, you know, fountain pins made of ivory and they're perfectly balanced and it's so cool. Um, They carry it with them everywhere they go. They've got the greatest sermons and they've got the greatest penmanship I've ever seen. I would lose that journal and the pen in two seconds. Amen. Uh, so you're with me, yeah. Yes, sir. I, I do all my stuff electronically. I have my phone with me at all times. They're not as anointed, but they sync. My sermons sync to the cloud. Yes. I'm obviously joking. Yeah. I'll never <laughs> lose them. Okay. I'll never lose it. Plus, I can pull them from any device that I need to pull them. I always have them. So that saves me a ton of time, and I think that's huge, uh, especially for for bivocational. Youth pastors. I'm fortunate to, uh, to be able to be here at the church full time, uh, but I've been around enough youth pastors to know the struggle when it comes to building in time to craft their sermons and their lessons. But Jerry Jones told us, uh, <coughs> excuse me, one time he spends around, uh, I think, around 20 hours when he develops a sermon. But the Graham spends over 10 hours, I think around 15 or so. I would spend 10 hours, and it sounds like I spent about 10 minutes. But on average, though, I've logged my time, which is very helpful to do, very uh, helpful tip or hack. Log your time over several uh, different sermon prep times. And I know I can spend uh, probably between 7 and 10 hours on a sermon, between outlining, uh, outlining, studying, formatting, developing graphics, props, etc. I work slower, uh, and, I, and I know that. And some of you are wondering how in the world do you have that kind of time? I have to find it somehow. And the reason I bring that up is because it's important to know how much time you typically spend in prep, especially if you're working a full-time job elsewhere, you're bivocational. If you know that it takes you six hours on a sermon and, and four hours on a lesson, make sure you have that amount of time and if at all possible to work and to prep in and to pray. And for some, if that's not realistic, especially if you have kids, uh, I get that. So so either finding the time or finding ways to save time is critical. Um, I'll share this. A, a mentor in my life told me one time, he said, Brad, 
Whenever you take the microphone to preach or to teach to someone, never, ever waste their time. And he said that to me in front of about 100 people, so I really took it to heart uh, that day. The point is, make sure you have put in the time for these students as much as possible. And if, if needed, find ways to save time in your prep. You don't have to cut corners. You can put in that necessary time, and you can rest assured it's, it's worth it. My storage of, of sermons help me, uh, helps me save time. Also, having go-to resources, ones that I can trust, saves me time. Um, things like a digital Bible to copy and paste from. I'm not hand-typing everything because I'm not the, the fastest typer. Any digital resources you can utilize will keep everything in one place right on your device or your laptop. Uh, there are several commentaries you can choose from that are free, and they're online. Again, you can copy and paste from Make sure you cite your works. Uh, use the little uh, works cited part that's important. Depending on your, your budget and your desire for depth, there's paid subscriptions to programs uh, like Logos, L-O-G-O-S. You can pay that in tiers and use resources. Some of those resources are like doctorate-level teaching. I wouldn't suggest that for 10 a.m. on a Sunday, but you can use those, those online resources, and they're all in one place. There's some free sites, uh, stuff like BibleStudyTools.com, Bible Gateway. Just be careful about those commentaries and their accuracy, especially on doctrinal points. You know, you want to make sure that you're, you know, um, you know, some of the history behind the author and different things like that. Any way you can save time and build an extra time in your prep will go a long way. And I, th- I think what helps me having a regular routine and a regular schedule helps you. Tougher to do with kids. Again, I know that. Um, but, you know, if uh, Monday nights or Tuesday nights, if you're bivocational, if that helps you block out that time. Um, if, if you're able to be in the office, make sure you have a set time. This is when I usually work on my sermons. Try not to be last minute. This is something I got to do better at. Don't wait until the last hour to, to prep. Get a routine. Get a schedule and, and stick to it. If I'm preaching on a Sunday, I'm usually working on that on Wednesday if I'm not teaching that night and, and on a Thursday. And along with that, I try to set a formula in place for building and crafting those sermons. Um, I usually start with several pages of notes. As I said, I'll build an outline kind of like writing a paper. And when it comes to, to writing and fleshing out notes, I start from the uh, introduction. I work my way through each point until I get to the conclusion. And I'll say I'm not one of those crazy people that can start with the conclusion. To me, that's like pouring in milk first and then adding the cereal in later. That's just crazy talk, okay? Um, my wife can do that. I don't know how she does it. A different brain. But once I get through writing, I'll typically review. I'll even read my notes out loud. And that helps me make sure it sounds right with the pauses and inflections because uh, I go too fast. Some of you are realizing that on this podcast. Um, I, I say things so fast. So reading it out loud helps me and I make changes as I go. One of the last things I do is I format, I highlight, a space, and then I work on media presentations or, or props. So uh, that's kind of my, my process and how I go about it. One of the last things I want to touch on, uh, don't want to waste anyone's time. Um, speaking of the body or the message or the number of points that I use, I usually stick to about two or three points, usually no more than that. Um, more and more I stick with two points and maybe a couple sub points. The main reason I say that is because it's difficult to process more than that, especially with today's attention spans being what they are. Some of you have probably already checked out of this podcast and you're just now realizing that you did and I'm bringing you back. 
Uh, that's because attention spans for our target audience are decreasing regularly. At max, the last I heard, youth and young adults hold about 18 minutes in a typical setting. That's if you're really creative. My wife teaches high school Spanish. In her education, they taught her to switch subjects or activities every five minutes in order to make sure her students are engaged. Every five minutes, they say, switch, do something different, do something new. So when you prep, make sure you're strategic about how much time you're going to spend on a point. Or in general, if you spend 36 minutes, you've just doubled their attention span. So you're going to have to have them get up and do some jumping jacks or something. Build in a story, an illustration. Stories are one of the best ways to relate to this generation. Uh, they're some of the most powerful to- uh, uh, tools you can you can use. And I'll talk about that uh, maybe in some Q&A or whatever uh, when we talk about illustrations. But one class with Brother David Norris will convince you stories uh, are a powerful way to get a point across. So uh, they may not remember a 10-point sermon, but they may remember a story and a corresponding point you gave with it. So share it if it feels right. Share a Bible story. Make it relatable. Uh, build in something to engage their attention. Keep their focus. And every time you step up to teach or preach them to them, make sure you value their time and you put in the time uh, yourself. And again, I... I uh, I do want to thank Brother Matt Woodward and the YM team. This is something I'm passionate about, and I bookend this today with just saying make sure that that spiritual component is first and foremost. Um, it's it's so important that we do that, especially in this day and age. But thank you again, Brother Matt Woodward, and I'll, I'll turn it back over to you. Brad, thank you so much. That was awesome. And uh, I think really this subject underscores something that is so important. And that is, um, you know, in spite of how perhaps some other types of youth departments in varying denominations and churches. Maybe the Word of God, it's, it doesn't hold as, as high a preeminence in their schedule of events when they gather for a youth function. You know, mm-hmm. I think we must always keep the Word of God and the preached Word of God a prominent feature of every time that we yeah. gather, or, or a lot of times. You know, there are certainly opportunities that we should take to connect and hang out and socialize, but, but uh, as youth leaders and youth pastors— we got to figure this thing out to the to where we can really deliver the word of God in a clear, yeah. concise, and effective way to our students. It is so important to keep. Can preaching. I share something on that note, if you don't mind? Yes, sir. Please. We had a we had a student that came, and I noticed uh, he was having a hard time paying attention during teaching or preaching. I found out later he'd been going to a local church, and he said, "We don't do lessons." I said, "Well, what do you do?" He said, "We come in and we sit in a circle and we talk a little bit." And then uh, someone will say something for about five minutes, and then the rest of the time we play games. Mm. And that's what kept them engaged. And that kind of broke my heart uh, because you could tell the disconnect that the the Word of God was kind of foreign to him. And obviously, uh, thankfully, he was able to engage. But that's kind of the model right now many churches are using. Let's get them in the door and let them play ping pong uh, for for an hour. And then we'll get about three or four minutes of teaching. So what, what you said, I think, rings so true. We've That's got to be central to what we do is, is the Word. Absolutely. So before we get into, I would say, some more uh, serious questions or, or questions specifically pertaining to your talk today and the subject, uh, just give us maybe if you have any, and maybe you don't, and that's fine, um, in all your years of preaching and teaching to, to students uh, or to the church in general, do you have any funny stories or any sermon fail moments or where something didn't come together the way you thought it was going to? Do you have any oh, funny yeah. stories like that? 
yes, I probably could preach uh, a total of a month and I'd have a sermon fail story. What, the one that came to my mind was I had a young man. I had this illustration I was going to do about uh, this was actually in our main service on a Sunday night, I believe. Had an uh, illustration about Moses wearing the veil. And I was talking about people, what it, what it was like, you know, walking around wearing a veil. And, and in today's culture, what it's like, you know, people walking around with a veil on, they can't see. I had him, it was the next point was going to be so serious. I mean, I was going to drop a truth bomb on the entire church. You know, people were going to be wailing, at least in my mind. I picked the wrong young man to demonstrate walking around with, I asked him to put this bag on his head. I think it was like a paper bag and he played it up. And to his credit, he thought he was really helping me. He was running into people. The entire church was, was in stitches. I mean, they were laughing so hard and here I'm up there thinking, how am I going to bring this back? Like I had not thought out what I was doing at that point. I don't, I don't, remember that point going over very well it was people were still laughing as I'm trying to you know talk to them it was it just that one stuck out of my mind I was thinking I really should have planned that better Uh, I think by the end of it he was in the back of the sanctuary walking around with his hands outstretched trying to find the door (laughs) or something with this bag on his head and it that was the that was all I remember from that sermon that I don't remember the altar called nothing that was what I remembered so yeah that was one Choosing the right helper is of critical yes, importance. Yeah, yes. you can't you can't pick uh, a delinquent for sure. <laughs> no, no. Um, it was like everyone knew as soon as he put the bag on his head, they were like, "This is going to be great." And I'm up there like, "No, this is going off the rails," you know. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, just a quick personal story. I know this is about you, but no, you know, no, you, you're you mentioned uh, it's important not to build your you got to build your message around the word and not around yeah. a seed thought. Certainly not an illustration, and that's something that I've. I've known and that uh, I've been taught, uh, but there was this one time I did build it around an illustration. I used to work at a bulk food store, and they had a big 50-pound or 30-pound bag of cornstarch. And have you ever, have you ever, you know, heard of the cornstarch and water slime? Like the how like it kind of is like it's kind of like liquid when you move it slow, but if you like punch it, it's hard. It's solid. Okay, I haven't and, experienced it, but look, uh, yeah, I can imagine. Everybody, you need to look it up. It's it's called a non-Newtonian yeah. fluid, and I had this idea to just teach about Peter walking on the water, and really, like the illustration <coughs> was paramount in my mind. The sermon and the and the lesson was totally secondary, and I remember the day <laughs> of the message, mixing cornstarch and water together, and it turned out all clumpy, and and I was I had it all in my mind. I'm gonna walk across this, and like it was an absolute fail. So just. To the point that Brother DeLong made earlier, you got to build your your message around the word. Yes, uh, you, you can't start with an illustration. And, and if your just, illustration fails, at least you have scripture. You know, you have something. Yes. So yeah, that's that. That's a big point. Yes. Hashtag when illustrations fail. Yes. Uh, so, it's trending on Twitter right now. Absolutely. So speaking of illustrations, um, you know, I always feel like uh, I I need to do better with illustrations stories you know oftentimes for me i feel like i have something that is certainly you know it's grounded in the word it's a great principle or a thought um that that i feel like the students need to hear um but i always find myself wishing that i had just that one hook story whether it's at the opening or at the ending or somewhere um talk about illustrations maybe some good illustration resources uh where they typically typically come from for you uh, anything mm-hmm. you can share in this, uh, I think will be helpful for sure. You know, um, I, I may be a little bit of an outlier in this because I know in times past this has been a little 
bit uh, taboo, uh, but I do like to use personal stories uh, uh, because they're the ones that I know and I feel most comfortable with those stories. And I, I know that there's a fine line. You don't want to talk about yourself, all that. But what I found growing up in this church and youth group uh, that I get to serve now is whenever I would hear my youth pastor talk about, hey, this is something that I went uh, I went through. You know, uh, if I hear a minister talk about struggling to get up early with spiritual disciplines and, and pray, as a young person, I would think, oh, oh my goodness, I'm not a total failure. You know, I'm not alone. So I think that that has helped uh, be relatable. And again, I know you got to be careful. You don't want to just sit, get up there and talk about yourself. But those are the ones I'm most comfortable with. And if I can work those in and try to relate to these students, I, more and more, I feel like these students want us to be real. They can sniff out a fake. Uh, this generation can from, from a mile away. Um, so when you talk to them and, and tell them again, yeah, I've been through this, uh, I think that really helps. I also love to use others' testimonies, testimonies from other, other people, whether it's a, another church or uh, here at APC. Um, we have more access to testimonies via social media than we've ever had. So I tell people real-life stories and examples. This is really what's actually happening, and again, it makes it a little more relatable. Um, one other thing I'll, I'll add to I like to use a lot, a lot of numbers in statistics as well. Um, I think that uh, numbers are, are, are pretty, you know, as long as you have the right source, uh, they're factual and they kind of uh, speak to things that others can't. They're, they're not as fluid. So if I can uh, use a, you know, uh, at the end of a sermon, I can talk about, well, 10 people are, uh, here were touched by or this amount of miracles or something to that effect, you know, even biblical, biblical numbers. I think that that rings true as well. And I, maybe it's just because I like numbers. Um, but that, that's always related to me. Uh, when I hear, uh, you know, I talk about statistics or even mental illnesses or different things, just the numbers, how staggering they are. I think mm. that kind of jars people and helps them realize uh, the reality. So, um, you know, that one's a little more, I don't use that as, as much, but, uh, talk about sources, um, my own life, uh, had a, had, a, uh, thankfully was blessed with a tremendous childhood. And then, uh, obviously any, um, any books or any, uh, you know, I'm reading a book right now called everybody always, uh, by Bob Goff. This guy has got some incredible stories. Um, so finding good storytellers, I think, helps as well. So hopefully that answers your question. I yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, the reality is an illustration or an idea for a prop or whatever, they can come from any place at any time. And so mm -hmm. really, like you said, you've got to cultivate your own personal process um, yeah. and, and just have an inlet, uh, a consistent inflow from various sources. So, you know, yeah, books are, are one for me. Um, real life, a lot of the things you said really actually resonate with me quite a bit. Um, are you a big props guy or, or is that, you know, you I, comes? I try to be, um, and for whatever reason, uh, I, I love, it's probably just because I'm, I'm a big child, but anytime I can work like a sword, an actual sword into a sermon, that's just great. You know, you walk up there with a sword and people are automatically like, this is going to be good. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. you know, that's one thing I, you know, I try to work in. And I obviously always try to do some kind of visual aid um, mm -hmm. uh, that I think, you know, there's a lot of visual learners out there. So that kind of hooks them. Yep. 
I would say it does help when uh, when you have an older brother and your childhood was crazy and uh, you have plenty of stories to draw from. Some may not have that. Uh, so, you know, hopefully I'm not alienating them. But uh, he accounts for probably half my stories and he knows that. So uh, yeah. so that was a tremendous benefit. Thank you to my brother, Brian. Absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, to one of your earlier points, um, the last thing you want to have is your two or three hours before when your service begins. And then you have this this idea. Oh, it would be great if I could pass out to every student this prop, you know. So yes. it, that's why prepping in advance as much mm-hmm. as possible is so critical because those ideas do come. And I've I've had many times or I'll say at least several times where. You know, it's like, oh, it would have been so cool if I would have had this or that. And, yeah. And of course, there's no time at that point to, to get those no. items. So, yeah. Um, so, you know, let's just kind of go down this road for a couple minutes here. Um, you know, just the whole idea of sermon block where you feel like it's not flowing the way you want. Um, I find for myself in prepping for a, a message, if I if I feel the direction or if I know where I'm going, mm-hmm. the, the, pros- the, the, the process of preparation it kind of will flow along. But sometimes yeah. that initial nudge in the right direction is is the challenge. So um, talk about that in your life and maybe kind of incorporated in this part of the conversation is, um, you know, things like Link 247 or, or that kind of have like a, a roadmap of lessons, topics mm-hmm. to cover. Do you utilize those to kind of give you that nudge in a direction? Or, or how many messages would you preach or kind of like uh, standalones that you feel to preach? Just, I, I guess, yeah. kind of talk in this vein? Yeah, um, I do. I utilize link 247. Great resource. Um, I typically do that more when I'm, when I'm teaching uh, as opposed to preaching. And, um, uh, that's, you know, you know, when I do series and different things, I'll, I'll, I'll utilize those heavily. And those are, that's an excellent resource. So if you haven't, uh, if you haven't got uh, in on that, that especially again, I'll, I'll go back to, you know, most of uh, the youth pastors and youth leaders are bivocational. That is a tremendous resource because it kind of jump starts you. Um, as far as sermons go, I, I typically develop uh, from the ground up. And one thing that I've noticed is in between my introduction and my first point is where I get bogged down the most. Because I usually have an opening story. They always, um, in our communication skills classes, a professor would always say, start a fire and then build a bridge. That was his start a fire. Get a, a great illustration or story, if you can, to start it off. That way you don't lose people. When, you, when they sit down, typically many people check out. It takes about 30 seconds or so on average to get them back in. That's not my own number. That's one that someone else gave me. So that introduction sometimes and then the transition between my illustration and that first point bogs me down. Um, and I'll hit a wall from time to time. When that happens, uh, I don't have a set formula. Usually, um, if, if I've been sitting there for, for 30 minutes or 45 minutes and nothing's coming, I'll try to get up and go do something else and then come back. Um, I'll try to uh, I'll pray. And there's been some times when I prayed and, and I feel like the Lord's like, yeah, not only are you not going to use that point, you're not going to preach this sermon. I'm like, no, no you know, uh, I'm not as uh, wired that way. Like everything is, you know, um, so there, there's sometimes there's also some times where I feel like I need to cut out these illustrations and I need to get straight to the heart and straight to the, the root. I'm not going to. Um, 
If it's something that's a little more heavy, uh, maybe I just need to jump straight in. And then there are the my my final uh, recourse is I call my pastor and say I need your help because um, uh, Brother Wilford, my pastor, has been doing this for a lot longer than I have. And I'll call him or I'll call someone that I trust and say, Hey, uh, this is where I'm at. I'm stuck. Uh, help me out. And again, uh, prayer uh, that that usually is is the one that that helps me the most. But that's that's difficult. I think we've all been there where we just stare at the ceiling for for thirty minutes or forty five, and it's just it's it can be frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I I can't tell you how much of what you have been saying it totally resonates. Like I feel like we may be the same person, uh, yeah. at least when it comes to youth sermon be. prep. Yeah, so. it could be. So I, I guess you have a any... better radio voice though. <laughs> well, uh, mine's, the equipment mine's a lot certainly more helps. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I got to get me one of those. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, so to anybody listening today that maybe you feel like, uh, you know, some of these challenges that you face, you're you're alone in them. Please know that you're not. These are you challenges are that we all face. Uh, we're all kind of figuring out this, figuring this out, um, going on the same road together. Yeah. Uh, so, but Brother DeLong, I certainly appreciate, we certainly appreciate your time, your investment, your insight today. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day for sharing with us. And I don't know if you have any last closing thoughts or anything you feel to say. I, I would give you the last word if you do. Well, uh, like I said, it's it's such an honor to uh, to be able to talk about this. Thank you again. And I I will say I know in 2020 we're we're in a, a difficult season and time. Uh, but what you mentioned about the word being central, um, it's still producing i we had it over a zoom I, I i taught a lesson over a zoom and we just paused and i i felt like there was a young lady that that needed some prayer and she she messaged me later and said that lesson that you taught over a zoom you know i'm looking at kids that are just staring off into space you know um but it was resonating with more people than i thought so um keep teaching it keep preaching it and it's going to it's going to have that intended effect because it's it's his word it's gonna uh, it has that inherent power so again thank you for letting me be on i i, I love talking about this stuff and and uh, want to be a help in any way i can amen his word shall not return void That's believe right. that well thank you so much again for joining us for the long and thank you to everybody that has listened and tuned into this episode we certainly pray it was a blessing to you we appreciate your time Pray that God blesses you today, the remainder of this week. Have a great day. God bless.